Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his teaching on the rapture and your new body. All right, the rapture and your new body, part two. We've been talking about the rapture and your new body, and it looks like it's going to be at least three parts, so hang on. We're going to talk about some really cool stuff, and some of it is a bit hard to believe, but it's in the Bible, so we need to believe, and we need to be ready for what's coming our way, amen? As I mentioned last week, I've organized this teaching in the following way. The rapture, your new body, and your place in the millennium. We talked about the rapture last week. This week we'll review the rapture and then we'll get into your new body. And we might get into the first part of your place in the millennium, but we'll just have to see how it goes. Once again, hopefully when we're done, we'll have a better understanding of what's in store for us as we transition from this life to the next life. Amen. Glory to God. For example, we asked last week, when we get our new bodies, will we be able to do things like this? Stop a hail of bullets just by putting our hand up and say, that's far enough, and then watching them drop to the ground. Or will we just let them bounce off our chest like Superman? All right, I know that sounds crazy, but... uh, We will be getting into this. And another question I came up with is, uh, why would we need to dodge bullets or stop them or let them pass through us or whatever, however it's going to manifest? Why would we need to do that? We'll get into that as well. All right, for a little bit of a rapture review, before we move on, I want to review for just a moment the passage from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that is, in my opinion, the clearest teaching on the rapture that you can find in any one place in the Bible. And it's a good transition from scriptures that talk about the rapture specifically to scriptures that talk more specifically about your new body. So we're going to use it as a launch point. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 in the King James Version. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And that brings up a point that I want to make that I didn't make last Sunday. When you talk about the rapture, when you get done talking about it from the scripture's point of view, you should be able to comfort one another. It should be comforting words, not troubling words. Yet when I hear most of the prophecy teachers teach on the rapture, it's almost like it's bad news. Well, it's bad news if uh, the rapture doesn't occur till the end of the tribulation, which I don't believe. Remember, I'm a pre-tribulation rapture guy. The rapture comes first. 
Then the seven-year tribulation, Antichrist is revealed. He consolidates his power and he wrecks planet Earth for seven years. Then Jesus comes and sets up his earthly kingdom on the earth. That's called the millennial reign of Christ. I call in it the millennium in this teaching. Amen. It's a true fact. Jesus really is coming back. He said it many times. He's not only coming back, he's coming back to take over the planet. And when he takes over the planet, the Bible says we, if you're born again, we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years and beyond right here on planet Earth. Know when you leave this earthly body, you're not going to be with Jesus forever in heaven. That's taught, that's believed, that's bandied about. Everybody says it, but that's not exactly true. Yes, you'll be with Jesus. The scripture just said, hey, listen, after you're raptured, we will ever be with the Lord. In other words, wherever he goes, we go. But after a period of time, after he takes the church up after seven years earth time, he's going to bring us back and we're going to help him take over the planet. I don't know about you, but as a former military officer, that kind of gets me jazzed. You know, you know, you're going to be on the winning side <laughs> with overwhelming superior forces. So it's going to be fun. You know, I think. Hallelujah. Even though they'll oppose us, we shall crush them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm making you laugh, baby. <laughs> My daughter just choked on her coffee. Hallelujah. All right, so one thing we didn't get into last week that I want to sort of touch on was the difference between what happens to those who are dead in Christ and what happens to those who are alive and remain when Jesus comes for his church. There is a subtle difference that you need to know about. Simply put, the dead in Christ come back with Jesus in spirit form. A lot of people do not understand this. But the Bible says, Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So everybody that's died up to this point, they're with Jesus if they were born again, if he was their Lord and Savior. They're with Jesus. And here Paul says, when he comes back to get the church, he's going to bring the dead in Christ with him. Why? So they can reunite with whatever's left of their dead body, and it can be transformed into a new body. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's something worth getting excited about. So let me start again. The dead in Christ come back with Jesus in spirit form. Their spirits reunite with their dead bodies, and they're the first to be raised from the dead and caught up by the Lord. They're not going to be cheated in any way. The dead in Christ will rise first. Those that are alive and remain will be changed in place. And then follow the dead in Christ to meet the Lord in the air. In other words, there's a group of people, and Scripture actually talks about this, there's a group of people, believers, who will never taste death. What a privilege. What an honor. Never to taste death. Just to be transformed in place and to take your current alive and breathing body and convert it into a supernatural, incorruptible, indestructible, immortal body. That's got to be some kind of experience. Whoo! Glory to God. So, 
I put it this way. Those that are alive and remain, they won't experience a resurrection per se because their bodies aren't in the grave. The Apostle Paul said, because of sin, your body is dead, even if you're still alive. So in a sense, your dead body is alive and it's going to be transformed. So you too, if you're alive and remain when the Lord catches up the church, will experience a resurrection of sorts. I know it's a subtle point, but I had to get it out there. Amen. So all of these things that I'm talking about are made even clearer when you read the first half of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which gets into your new body more specifically. Which, by the way, was written by the Apostle Paul at roughly the same time that he wrote the letters to the Thessalonians. So you get the idea as you read through Scripture that this end time stuff must have been a hot topic at the time because Paul was preaching it everywhere he went. And in all his epistles of that same era, right about 50 to 55 A.D. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what's really cool about this passage is that it's split into two parts. The first part talks about the resurrection of the dead in Christ in detail. The second part talks about the transformation of those who are alive and remain when Jesus comes to get the church, which we've been talking about. Amen. So let's read it in the scriptures so that you know that Brother Scott's just not making up a bunch of jibber jabber. Okay. You got to find it in the scripture before you latch onto it and believe it for yourself. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35 through 58 in the Passion Translation. If you haven't explored the Passion Translation, I encourage you to do so. If you're passionate about the Word of God, I'm telling you the Passion Translation is for you. Give it a try. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, having said that, I want to make this clear. Brother Scott never strays too far from the King James Version. Not that it's perfect, and I know it uses 16th century, you know, words and slang and things that you don't understand. But I'd rather figure out what those 16th century words mean than be robbed of the poetry and the, and the design of the King James Version. Besides, it, I, many, many years, I think it was a period of like seven years, they had 70 scholars working on that translation. So scholarship-wise... It's still up there, number one in my book. But if I get to a passage that's just too King Jamesian for me, I will go to the New King James. I will go to the New Living Translation or the English Standard Version just to get a better understanding, okay? So I'm not knocking you if you're not primarily a King James person. I'm just letting you know that I find security in making King James my home base and then going out from there to augment my understanding. That's just me personally. All right. Praise the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 58 in the Passion Translation. All right. The first part is going to talk about the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Let's start at verse 35. I can almost hear someone saying, how can the dead come back to life? And what kind of body will they have when they're resurrected? Foolish man. Don't you know that what you sow in the ground doesn't germinate unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that will come into being, but the bare seed. And it's hard to tell whether it's wheat or some other seed. But when it dies, God gives it a new form 
a body to fulfill his purpose. And he sees to it that each seed gets a new body of its own and becomes the plant he designed it to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. That means if the Lord tarries and we die, our body is planted in the ground like seed. But one day when Jesus comes to get his church, your spirit will come and reunite with that seed and it'll be transformed into a new body that's incorruptible, indestructible, and immortal. Just like Superman. Seriously. Of all the superheroes out there, Superman is the closest to what we'll be like as new creations in Christ, spirit, soul, and body. Seriously. Everybody's like, what? No, we're not going to be from the planet Krypton. We don't share that in common. But we are going to be made and designed and manufactured on planet heaven. Amen. And the scripture makes that clear later. We'll get to it. All right. Glory to God. So, we got into this a little bit last week, but I didn't give any scripture to back it up, so we're going to back it up with lots of scripture. What's being said here in these scriptures is that when we die, if the Lord tarries, our body's going to be like a seed that's planted in the ground. And just like the seed does not germinate until it dies, our bodies won't be transformed until after we die. And just like a seed of weed or some other kind of grain, the thing that it becomes will look nothing like the original seed. The giant mustard shrubbery. Oh, that just sounds fun to say. The giant mustard shrubbery. The giant mustard shrubbery grows up to 30 feet tall and 30 feet wide and looks nothing like the tiny seed that preceded it. You ever seen a mustard seed? It's half the size of the sesame seed on your hamburger bun. That's how small a mustard seed is. And that little seed turns into an enormous shrubbery that's 30 feet high and 30 feet wide. Amen? Illustrating the point. The difference between your old body and your new body, there is no comparison. And even though you will look like your old person, your body will be nothing like the old body. And the scripture gets into that in detail later. And it's just really exciting. Hallelujah. All right. If we die in Christ, our body will be planted in the ground like a seed, but one day it will become the body that God has destined it to be, a body that's just like the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. One scripture says, We have been made to be conformed to the image of His Son. He means that quite literally. Right now, if you're born again... On the inside, your spirit is just like Jesus. But one day, your spirit, your soul, and your body, your whole being will be just like Jesus. I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. You'll even think differently than you think right now. Because think about it. Even your abstract thoughts that are in the realm of the soul, they come from a brain that is natural, right? You're going to get a new brain when you get your new body, so you're going to think differently. In fact, I submit to you that you're going to think just like the Lord Jesus Christ does. 
everything's going to make sense to you. Some of the things that didn't before. All right, I need to say this. And even if you're cremated or your bones have been ground to dust, you've been marked. There's a scripture that says you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's talking about you're marked, stamped by the Holy Spirit that you are destined to receive a new body at the appointed time. It's almost like the Holy Ghost GPS will home in on whatever's left of your body, find it, find the mark, and say, this one's destined for a new body, and here it is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 39. All flesh is not identical. Animals have one flesh, and human beings another. Birds have their distinct flesh, and fish another. In the same way, there are earthly bodies and heavenly bodies. There is a splendor of the celestial body and a different one for the earthly. Amen. We talked about this in our recent series on the light of God. Here, Paul uses the celestial bodies that we're familiar with, the sun, the moon, and the stars, to illustrate the difference between what our earthly bodies are like and what our heavenly bodies will be like. Amen? He says here in verse 41, There is the radiance of the sun and differing radiance for the moon and for the stars. Even the stars differ in their shining. And that's true. The Holy Ghost knew that astronomers would one day classify stars according to a couple of things. Their color, their surface temperature, and their size. They actually categorize them by their glory, so to speak. Amen? It's like the difference between our sun, which has a surface temperature of 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and a giant blue star, which has a surface temperature of 90,000 degrees Fahrenheit. There is no comparison when you put our little yellow sun next to a giant blue star. No comparison in size, no comparison in surface temperature, no comparison in brilliance, in shining. Amen. And Paul is trying to make the point that your earthly body is going to be completely outshined by your new resurrected body. Amen. Glory to God. There's not going to be any comparison. Glory. Then verse 42. And that's how it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in decay, but will be raised in immortality. It is sown in humiliation, but will be raised in glorification. It is sown in weakness, but will be raised in power. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Now, hang with me. You got to understand this. For it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam, that's talking about Jesus, the last Adam became the life-giving spirit. Okay? But read on. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is the Lord Jehovah from the realm of heaven. Do you see where he's going with this? The origins of the first man... And the origins of the man that you will become are completely different. 
One is of the dust and one is of heavenly things, spiritual things. You're going to have a body, but it's going to be a body that is made of spiritual things. I confess to you, I do not completely understand that. But when you find out some of the capabilities of our new bodies, you you'll you'll say, you know, now I understand why we have to be made of spiritual substance, because if we were made of earthly substance, we couldn't do these kind of things. Amen. Everybody with me. Hallelujah. Let me keep reading. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. In other words, here for the first time in the New Testament, the concept of a world where two different races exist at the same time is introduced. One race of beings that come from the dust of the earth and one race of beings that come from the heavenly realm that come from spiritual things. It's kind of cool, isn't it? You know, if you read the Bible, you can find out things like this. The Bible's a good book. I encourage you to read it from time to time. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you don't, but sometimes we don't know the answer to certain things because we don't dig into the Word of God. All right. Glory to God. So we got two races of people being discussed here. Then verse 49 says, Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. Whoo, glory. I'm looking forward to the day that I walk and talk and act and even look like Jesus. What a glorious day that will be. And as I said last week, a lot of people think the afterlife or the next life is going to be boring. Far from it. We're going to have superhero bodies and we're going to have life full of joy and love and adventure and purpose. We're not going to float around aimlessly doing nothing, strumming a harp, saying, Jesus, we love you. You know, Tiny Tim, you know, with wings. Tiny Tim, 60s legend. All right, Lord, help me get back on track here. Let me read this again. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. Wow. Now, let me see if I can break some of this down a little bit. We are currently in earthly natural bodies made of earthly natural materials. But when we are resurrected, we will have bodies that are made of spiritual materials. There will be a race of people who are like the first man, Adam, but we will be a race of people who are just like Jesus. Now let's talk about the transformation of those who are alive and remain when Jesus comes for the church. Verse 50. Now I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, flesh and blood are not able to inherit God's kingdom realm, and neither will that which is decaying be able to inherit what is incorruptible. The Greek word here that's translated kingdom realm, in the King James it actually says, the kingdom of God. But it's actually a little more specific than that. It means royalty, kingdom, and reign. In other words, if you're going to partake in the royalty and rule and reign with Christ, 
You can't do it in a flesh and blood body. You're going to have to have a body just like his. If you're going to rule and reign with Christ through the millennium and beyond over natural mortal beings, which we'll get into next week, you're going to have to have a superhuman body just like Jesus to carry out your duties. It's not just for your amusement. You're going to have powers and abilities that are given to you to help the people of earth fulfill their purpose, accept Jesus as Lord, and live for him. And we're also going to be a part of the rod of iron, which rules over the lawless. The Bible says Jesus will rule over the kingdoms of the world during that millennium reign with a rod of iron. That's Bible speak for it will not just be a peace. It will be an enforced peace. In other words, anytime trouble pops up, it's going to be put down. And we'll be a part of that. Getting ahead of myself. All right. Verse 51. Listen, and I will tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die, but we will all be transformed. In other words, whether you're dead in Christ or alive and remain, we're all going to be transformed. Here, Paul lets the Corinthians know that there will be a group of Christians who will never taste a physical death. Instead, as I said before, they will be transformed while they live and breathe on planet Earth. There'll be a special group of people. You know, maybe we'll be a part of that group, maybe not. But we'll all be in heaven together, training to come back and take over the planet. So my thing is, I'm going to find somebody that was alive and remain, if I'm not one of them, and say, what was that like? I don't know, man. I was just standing there, and all of a sudden, I'm a superhero, and I'm flying through the air. Next thing I know, I'm teleported all the way across the universe to planet heaven. And there's a bunch of people with me. I don't know. You know, what's that saying? Inquiring minds want to know. Show me some love, a little laughter here. That was a joke. Tough crowd. I'm looking at my wife. She's like, get to the point, honey. (laughs) Verse 52. It will happen in an instant in the twinkling of his eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible and we will be transformed. See, he's he's putting himself in the place of somebody who's alive and remaining when Jesus comes back to get the church. And he's reiterating in verse 52, the dead in Christ will rise first, but the rest of us will be transformed. It will happen in an instant in the twinkling of his eye, for when the last trump is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible, and we will be transformed. Glory to God. Let me take you back to this first part of this verse where it says it will happen in an instant. In the original Greek, that word there is atomos. It's the word for atom. And in Greek knowledge and science, the atom was the smallest division of matter possible. Nothing could be smaller than the atom. Of course, we now know the atom is made of 
protons and neutrons and electrons, and then the protons and neutrons are made of quarks, and some people say they're made of vibrating strings, string theory, okay? We know a little bit more than they did, but in their mind, an atomos piece of time was the smallest division of time that you could have. That's how fast they said this is going to happen. But now we know that there's such a thing as a nanosecond, which is a billionth of a second. So I say, in a nanosecond, we're going to be changed and transformed. So quick, you don't even have time to blink your eye. Twinkling of an eye. Don't even have time for that. It's going to happen so fast, it's going to be over with, before your eyelid slams shut. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All righty then. I had to get some science in there. Y'all know me. Praise the Lord. Again, here Paul in this verse is describing what it will be like to be alive at the time that Christ comes for the church. He reiterates what he wrote to the Thessalonians that the dead in Christ will be resurrected first and then we which remain will be transformed. Amen. Talk about transformers. What we're going to transform into is way cooler than some of those transformers. Amen. All right, verse 53. For we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. King James says incorruptible. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. That's Isaiah 25.8. Isaiah said in chapter 25, he said, the Lord will send you a redeemer and his victory will swallow death whole. Amen. It will be fulfilled when we finally are like Jesus, spirit, soul, and body, and we're flying through the air on our way to planet heaven. We're going to say, we be gone. And by the way, oh, death, where is your sting? That's the very next. I mean, we'll be saying that. You thought you could get me, but look at me now. I'm on my way to planet heaven in a superhuman body, and I'm just like Jesus, spirit, soul, and body. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Amen. Can you say amen? All right. There's a lot of scripture to ingest. I encourage you when I post these notes, go ahead and get the notes and download them and also listen to the podcast. Get this down in your spirit. If you do, you won't be afraid of anything. If you do, you'll know what's ahead for you. If you do, you'll know that one day this body that fights aches and pains and has to ward off sickness and disease will have no knowledge of such things one day. You won't wake up ever, if we sleep, with a crick in your neck. It just won't happen. Especially a crick that lasts three days. Anybody ever had one like that? Oh, my Lord. The crick from hell. All right, so let me wrap it up by talking about what our new bodies will be like. Because that's the part that everybody wants to hear about. All right? What will we be able to do? What will be our capabilities? Well, we've already mentioned that we will be indestructible, incorruptible, and immortal. Literally, just like Superman. We'll be just like that. Amen. 
And it should be obvious also that we'll be able to levitate and fly and we'll be able to teleport from one place in space to another. And if planet heaven exists in another dimensional realm, as some people believe, we'll be able to slip from one dimensional realm into another dimensional realm. Isn't that cool? And do it in a nanosecond. How much control we'll have over these abilities remains to be seen. But I would imagine if we walk and talk and think like Jesus, he'll trust us with these new abilities and we'll use them for the cause of Christ and to help people, right? Not just to show off. Amen. Some have suggested that we'll be able to travel through the universe at the speed of thought. In other words, I want to get a close-up look at the planet Jupiter. (laughs) You're in orbit around Jupiter. Oh, my gosh. Look at the size of the eye there. Or, you know what? I'd like to get a look at the Milky Way galaxy in its entirety. You know, we don't know what our own galaxy looks like because we're in it. We, we can't get a bird's eye view because we can't send something out there far enough. It would take hundreds and millions of years to get something out there far enough to take a picture. And it would take hundreds and millions of years for that picture to get to us to see what our galaxy looks like. Lord, I want to see what the Milky Way looks like. Okay, you got a bird's eye view. Glory. There's six arms to the galaxy instead of five, like the astronomers say. Oh, cool. I think about things like that. I'm sorry if you don't. I really am, because it's way cool. All right, so twice in John chapter 20, we read that Jesus suddenly appeared in the room where the disciples were hiding. Scripture says that all the doors were closed. He appeared suddenly in the middle of a closed room. So you got two possibilities. He teleported from heaven or from some other place outside the walls of that room and then walked through the walls and said, Peace be unto you. Or he teleported directly from heaven right into the room, kind of like Star Trek. He beamed down from heaven and he said, Peace be unto you. And they were frightened. They'd never seen anything like that before. Twice it happens. Amen. In Luke 24, we we read that Jesus appeared suddenly to his disciples and they were frightened. And Luke says they thought he was a ghost. They thought he was a spirit. So he said to them, wait a minute. Touch me, handle me. A ghost or a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like I do. Come touch me. I assure you I'm human. And they weren't convinced. And then he said, "Okay, get me something to eat. So they gave him a honeycomb and a piece of broiled fish. Why did they do that? I imagine to watch him eat it and make sure it didn't just drop to the ground through his spirit body. He ate to prove that he was in a body with substance, although it was different from theirs. Theirs was of dust and his was of heavenly spiritual components and could do some things like appear in the middle of a room suddenly or walk through walls. He can be solid when he wants to be solid or he can be diffuse when he wants to be diffused. I don't know. Perhaps the new molecules or atoms that are made of spiritual things that we don't quite understand will be able to separate just far enough so you can pass through walls. Interesting to think about it. I know all of you stay up at late at night thinking about this, so I'm just here to help you. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. 
So evidently, we'll be able to eat food just like we do now. And you will look like an improved version of yourself that people will recognize. In other words, nobody said, who is this guy? It's like, he looks like Jesus, but I think he's a ghost. I think he's a spirit. They will recognize you. You won't be different. I hear people, people have asked me the question, when we get to heaven, when we get to the next life, what will we look like? Well, the example is Jesus. You're going to look just like you did before, only it's going to be a younger, healthier, better version of yourself. Amen. Say amen for that. Even the young people can say amen for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Again, this is reinforced in John chapter 21 when Jesus appeared the third time to his disciples after he was resurrected. On the Sea of Galilee, they were fishing all night, couldn't catch anything. He said, why don't you throw your nets over on the starboard side? I love that. Jesus knew nautical terms. Starboard is the right side of the boat. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. They pulled up more fish than they could handle, 153 fish. And they took them to shore. And Jesus already had fish on the barbie. He already had a fire and he was roasting fish. And he said, bring the rest of the fish. And that was the first Bible account of a men's meeting. A men's fish fryer. Right on the Sea of Galilee. Amen. That's the precedent that was set for that. Again, in both scriptures, John 21 and Luke 24, he makes the point that they were able to recognize him. When they came to shore and saw him roasting fish, the Bible says everyone knew. They didn't say anything, but everyone knew that it was Jesus. He wasn't some weird looking dude in his new form. He looked like he did before. And I won't say he had an improved version because, remember, he was perfect. He didn't suffer any decay or corruption. So he probably looked just like he did before, except he's got new capabilities that he didn't have before. And remember, he limited himself in a human body. Philippians 2, verses, uh, I think, 2 through 8 talk about how he, he became a servant and, and then came in a human body and set aside his glory and his attributes that were heavenly so he could be just like a man okay but now even though he was the god man in a natural body now he's the god man in a supernatural body that can't be killed amen glory to god hallelujah all right yes brother scott but will we be able to stop bullets isn't that what you want the answer to I think so. If we're going to be indestructible, I don't think bullets will be able to penetrate our skin or corrupt us in any way, damage any tissues. Do you? Whether they pass through our bodies or they just bounce off or we have the option. Today, I think I'll have them bounce off. Today, I think I'll have them pass through, you know, just to show these guys your bullets are useless against me. Okay. Or. Perhaps it'll be like Ken O'Reeves in The Matrix. That's far enough. And the bullets will stop in midair and he'll just put them on the ground. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. We will be indestructible. You heard it many times in the scripture already this morning. We will be indestructible. We will be just like superheroes. We will be able to stamp out crime. And nobody will be able to fight back. Think about it. 
you and your buddies are walking down Main Street, doing your duties as the many brethren. The Bible says Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. So you're part of that many brethren group. That includes many sistren, you know. You're in it too, okay? So you're walking along the sidewalk, and you walk by a bank, and uh, you see through the walls, and you see some guys in there pulling guns on the bank teller, and you say, hey, listen, we need to stop that. You go in the main entrance, I'm going to walk through the wall. Stop in the name of King Jesus. And they're like, bam, 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 bam. And they're just like going through you. I won't repeat that. And then you arrest them and take them off to the to the pokey. Do they even call it the pokey anymore? We take them to jail. How's that? All right. So that brings up the point that I really asked earlier. Will there be scenarios like that where we need to dodge bullets? I think I made it clear that we're going to be there to enforce the peace. And sometimes that may be putting down lawlessness. So there may be some people crazy enough to take a few ill-advised shots at you as you're doing your duties. And it'll be cool. Can you imagine? Go on. Take your best shot. Get a rocket launcher, man. Is that all you got? Give me your best shot, then you're going to jail. All right. And with that thought, we'll continue next week where we left off, and we'll talk about your place in the millennium. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part two of Dr. Forrest's teaching on the rapture and your new body. Come visit our website at gofaithlife.com, where you can learn more about us, access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, and find Dr. Forrest's in-depth teaching notes. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.